I was raised on radio. Well, as a Gen Xer, I should say, I was raised by radio. There's something really powerful about the human voice when you're all alone. When the world is quiet and it's just you and that voice. I grew up in a small town in the upper Midwest in a place where a kid could still be a kid back in the 70s and 80s. Before all the instant technology that puts the world at your fingertips or at your thumb tip, I suppose, depending upon how you hold your device. At times, my upbringing was idyllic, bucolic, and it was good for the most part. I don't think any kid in the 70s got out without some kind of lasting impression on their psyche. Because we were one of the last generations where things didn't happen instantly. We had to wait for certain things. We had to anticipate and feel the energy of the reward of patience. And that connection that we got from media from having to wait, having to know what time something would be on. It added a richness to the experience. As I get older, I'll admit that nostalgia has pretty effectively sunk its claws into me. And you know what? I actually don't mind it all that much. There's something lovely about thinking about the old times. About thinking about where you came from and what shaped you into what you are now. And radio shaped me. If I close my eyes, I can put myself back in the body of that little boy in the Midwest. And I can smell and I can viscerally feel what it was like to be that little boy waking up before dawn and hearing the sounds of the house come alive softly, quietly, subtly. The sound of early spring or the hot, sticky feeling of midsummer. And the windows were all open in order to keep the unair conditioned farmhouse remotely cool. And the smell of Folger's coffee. And the tick, tick, tick of both the coffee percolating pot and the grandmother clock that hung on the wall in the kitchen with its pendulum. And the sound of the back screen door clicking closed. 
in the unmistakable sound of my old man's Zippo lighter with its click and its ring and its snap and the sound of the Hefkit radio and the sound of the birds and the sound of my dad driving off to work in the family cutlass rolling down the gravel road towards the plant. That experience still informs me, still stays with me. It is a note that rings through my life from deep into the past and yet still plays today. Radio really was my first love. I think it's safe to say that radio was also really my first friend. I was the youngest of six kids. My nearest sibling is seven years older than I am. And so by the time I was becoming aware, my siblings were already adolescents and young adults. And of course, we all had our different tastes in music. And as the youngest of six kids, I inherited a lot of it. Radio, though, allowed me to start forming my own opinions about music. And as I grew up, I would listen to the radio. One of my first significant milestone gifts that I remember at the holiday, Christmas, Easter, birthday. Don't remember which one it was, but I remember the gift. It was a blue transistor radio. Ran on a good 9-volt battery. But I took that thing with me everywhere when I was young. And I listened to so many different things because it had so many different things on it. It had way more stuff than our family record collection. And I learned about the world through that device. And of course, I would take it off to bed with me when I was not supposed to, tuck it under my pillow, and hear the world come to me. And I got so much musical knowledge from my family, as I said, my older brothers and sisters in their record collection. My mom and my dad each had their own. And the library would allow you to take out records, LPs. And of course, I was a frequent visitor to the library and to their LP collection. And while my family did shape my musical tastes to some degree, my musical education came from two things primarily. One was my mother. My father's musical tastes were limited. He liked both country and western music. 
but he liked sappy crooners. Roger Whitaker was a big one. A little bit of big band. Music from when he was young and when he was deployed out into the Pacific for the Second World War. So, of course, big band and swing. But my mother's musical tastes were deep and fascinating. And from my mother, I got my love of classical music. My mother actually arranged for me at a very young age to take singing lessons with a very accomplished operatic soprano, happened to be the wife of the music director, the choir director of our high school, who I later grew very close to. But my mother's musical tastes didn't stop at just classical music. My mother loved spirituals and Broadway and Americana, we would call it now, traditional American music, Appalachian music, plain song, Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie. This land is your land, and this land is my land, from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. My mother understood the importance of music as a historical record. My mother and I would listen to the radio together as I got up. Where I was from, we were blessed with a incredibly wonderful classical music station. WFMR is owned and operated by the Koss Broadcasting Corporation and operates on a federally authorized frequency of 96.5 megahertz with an effective power of 50,000 watts. Our studios are located at 711 West Capitol Drive in Milwaukee. But during the overnight, they would play something that I didn't really get a lot of in my family. I would hear a little bit of it here and there, but it was always kind of incidental. And I think this was one of the first types of music I ever explored on my own. And this was my other teacher. The overnight on this wonderful classical music station would play a different kind of music, a different kind of historical record to a culture and a time and a place that my family didn't have a connection to. And that music was jazz. For some reason, it struck me like a hammer in the, in the best possible way because I had this experience with all these other musical artists that my family loved, played. You know, my sisters had 
Cat Stevens and Elton John and James Taylor and that. My brothers, my older brothers, of course, being the long-haired hippies that they were. We had Deep Purple and Rory Gallagher and Uriah Heep. And my father, with his contemporary tastes of the time, had Bette Midler, the Statler brothers, and of course, Dolly Parton. But this jazz, it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. And it, it referenced things that I didn't understand, I didn't know about. And it felt like I was getting a window into an entirely different world that existed alongside my own. And the thing that really struck me was listening to the voice talking about this music, talking about these musicians and their history. And I would catch just a little bit of it when this program signed off and seamlessly switched hands into the morning classical music. This voice was like nothing I'd heard before. I was so used to the ultra-smooth on-air talent of the day switching over to the hype guys in the afternoon on my little transistor read. My mother's radio was always tuned to the classical music station, so you had these wonderful sonorous tones talking to me about the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, conducted by Sir Neville Mariner. This guy. Ron Kuzner is my name. And this is the dark side of Friday, the 4th of February, 1977. This is Jack. This voice that was so unique and so knowledgeable about an entire world that for me only existed right before 6 a.m. That radio was a magical device. It was both a teleporter and a time machine. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be that voice. But I was a long way from that, sitting in my little farmhouse. But somehow, that device brought that other world right into my hands. And more importantly, into my ears and my mind. This is I Miss Lockdown.
Welcome back to I Miss Lockdown. I'm Andrew Scott. So as I've said, radio was pretty important to me. And as I grew up into a young man, it stayed that way. That one little plastic radio eventually turned into a larger radio and then a stereo. Just like how it did for us kids back in the 70s and 80s. And while I was an avid music collector and, as I said, borrower from my library, radio kept a fascination for me. That wasn't necessarily what would be considered a lonely kid. I had plenty of friends. And of course, there were commonalities shared. What kind of cars you thought were cool or what TV shows were the things you spent time with. But for me, being in my room, listening to the radio, I love doing that. And all the different kinds of music I could explore, that was a big motivator for me. And music is something that I want to include in this podcast. Now, if you know anything about 21st century content creation, you know that that can be a bit of a trick while staying on the right side of the law. And so... If you're a music creator and you feel that your music has a place in this podcast, please reach out to me. You can email me at submissions at imisslockdown.com. I'm not one of those return to vinyl people. I have a deep respect for those people who are passionate about vinyl, but I'm no longer that level of audiophile. But there is something archaic, anachronistic, and lovely when you think about the sound that that needle made when you placed it on that LP and went on an adventure.
halcyon hum with another sunset. The link's down in the description. As years went on, I became more aware of all the other kinds of music. You know, as a 10-year-old kid, your world is pretty small. You like what you like. And it's the best thing. That radio showed me that I had a lot to learn. And I had so much to explore. And so as I grew older, I started playing with that dial a little bit more. And as is so often the case, one surreptitious, one serendipitous twist of the dial And suddenly my whole world changed. I not only had my mother and father's music, and my family's music, but that radio allowed me to find my own music. You know, when we think about the 70s, us Gen X kids immediately think about things like WKRP in Cincinnati. Great show, still to this day. And one of the things that show documented even though it wasn't trying to was the change the sea change that was happening in broadcasting the ability of a passionate disc jockey to plot a course and take you on a journey was coming to an end. And for me, that end happened shortly after I discovered something that changed my life. I love all different kinds of music. I've never been that kind of person that looks down on a genre or an artist. I firmly believe that if you write a piece of music that touches someone, anyone, you've done the good work of an artist. And when I was about 10 years old, I discovered a radio station in my local market that was unlike anything else on the dial. And I listened to that station 
and it was fascinating. The Doors Pink Floyd Jethro Tull King Crimson Captain Beefheart Captain Beefheart Frank Zappa It was really one of the last stations of its kind. And on my 11th birthday, it went away. That's the doors on ZMF. We uh, started things off with break on through from the other side with Mr. Reitman. And uh, that's exactly what we ended with. Yeah, and then you begin. What do you think, Bob? A good tune to end things with, or what? Makes the circle. And uh, my name's Steve Amon, and uh, on the behalf of the management and the Amon family and the staff of ZMF, we extend our appreciation to all the listeners who called and their offerings, and uh, they have our thanks and best wishes. We know you're saddened over the departure of what many of you thought was the best progressive rocker in Milwaukee. We, too, are sad because your calls and letters were so sincere that we felt ZMF is deserting you. Sad because we could no longer withstand the pressures of big money radio, but most of all, Sad because you, Milwaukee, are the real victims of the demise of ZMF. For you, we hope that QFM will attract your attention and you will not be hypnotized by the shallow efforts forced upon you by the ratings hawks. At any rate, we love you. We'll miss you. I'd just like everybody right now to say a big goodbye to everybody. We've got just a whole bunch of people out here. Jim Roberts and Bob Reitman and Steve Stevens and just a whole bunch of people stepped out downstairs, Dan. And we'd like to all say goodbye at this point. And as Hendrick's star-spangled banner played them out, I said goodbye to something that I had just discovered and fell in love with. And it was interesting. I was bearing witness to history. And I didn't even know it. WZMF signs off the air permanently at uh, 20 minutes past 12 o'clock on this Saturday morning, March 24th, 1979. The sea doesn't ask the mariner if they're ready for change.
other genres and voices and even places. At one point I discovered that my local public radio station broadcast the BBC World Service overnight. So when I wasn't listening to jazz, I would listen to the Beeb. And one of the things I enjoyed the most was they had a show that would come on at about 4 a.m. where they would play recordings from their archives. And of course, the BBC being one of the longest running broadcasters had a deep archive. And I would get to hear all sorts of things. Historical recordings, events. But what always really fascinated me was when you would get to hear a voice that you would never have been able to hear without technology. Voices that you would think predate technology. My mother raised me to be a very literate young man. I would read all the classics. But my mother would also give me challenging things to read. When we were at the library one day together, I came across a book of poems, and one struck me very deeply. Now, as a 10, 11-year-old boy at the time, I had no idea what this poem meant. I simply felt it in a way I hadn't with other poetry. And flash forward a few years walking down that snowy street, I remember them saying, that they were going to be playing a recording of that poem as read by the author themselves. And I was so excited. I couldn't believe I was going to finally hear the voice of the person that had written that poem that had touched me so deeply. And I was expecting this wonderful, warm, rich voice reading, reciting that poem, that tone poem, and how wonderful it would be. But then... I remember I was flabbergasted. How could something so beautiful, so deep, so ephemeral be delivered in such a go, then, nasally and I, stilted out against the sky way? Like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets 
was an introvert par excellence and a poet for the ages. But he certainly was no performer. And this was a wonderful demonstration of the dichotomy of art and the artist. Was I disappointed? Certainly. But I still love that poem. And even though I was beginning to grasp that some things that are important to you don't last, I still had plenty to explore on that radio dial. And many, many things to learn. And many wonderful voices to enrich, encourage, and educate me. The Adagio Cantabile from Beethoven's Piano Sonata Number no. 8 in C Minor, Opus 13, The Pathétique, played by Evgeny Kissin. Link in the description. Hello, everyone. Carl Haas was definitely one of those voices. And I would often listen to his wonderful program, Adventures in Good Music, with my mother. It's such a wonderful memory of that incredible voice, that incredible talent, and that incredible mind. But for me, there was no job in radio waiting. I did a little bit of work in that industry, very briefly. As I grew older, I became familiar with certain people in my local radio market, and I did get an opportunity to serve as a board operator overnight for a little while. But my life took me in a different direction. Do I regret it? Do I regret not getting that chance? I suppose I do. But I have this now. I have the ability to talk with you now and share a little bit, a little bit of my journey, and our time spent together, this podcast is only two episodes old. But I would love your support. If you're a musician and you would like your music played 
on this podcast. Please email music at imisslockdown.com. I would love to feature your music on my podcast and share it with the world because it deserves to be heard. We all deserve to be heard to one degree or another. And as introverts, sometimes our voices don't rise above the din maybe the way we deserve. But I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had in the past growing up listening to radio and all different kinds of music that I love from rock and metal all the way to ambient and lo-fi trip-hop and drone. There is no such thing as bad music. And if you would like to support me in helping bring music to you and stories to you, I would gratefully accept your support. You can go to patreon.com forward slash nbbn and set up a monthly donation or a one-time donation to show your support for the I Miss Lockdown podcast. I got a feeling I'm going to be doing this for a while. That voice that I heard when I was young on the radio in the early morning hours. That man, Ron Kuzner, he put me on a path I thought that path was going to go in one direction into the studio but that path was far more circuitous than I ever would have imagined it finds me sitting in my home studio talking to you I'm deeply grateful to Mr. Kuzner for sharing that with me. And he would go out with the same song Trilogy by the inimitable Don Shirley. When I hear this song, I'm once again that little boy. And the way he would sign off was iconic. This has been I Miss Lockdown for Wednesday, the 31st of May, 2023. It came to you in stereo from NBBN Studios in Portland, Oregon. Andrew Scott is my name. It's some time of day o'clock, 54 degrees is the current Portland temperature. I wish you a good morning, a pleasant evening, a good day, and a good life. We'll miss lockdown together again soon. And whenever you may choose to join me again, 
be it early in the day or just after midnight. I'll see you then. You've been listening to I Miss Lockdown, a quiet introvert's podcast. Our theme music is written and produced by Sephirios on the web at sephirios.bandcamp.com. Sephirios is spelled S-A-P-P-H-E-R-I-O-S. Background music courtesy of Nature Healing Society used with permission. A link to the full three-hour music mix and all their other wonderful mixes is available in the description. I Miss Lockdown is a narrow band broadcast network production in association with Andrew Scott Media. If you'd like to participate in the show with a comment, ask a question, or give feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at comments at imisslockdown.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast with a financial contribution, you can do so by donating to the NBBN Patreon page at the link in the show notes. I've been your host, Andrew Scott. Thanks for joining me. Take good care.